Hi, dancers, and welcome to Off the Beat with Modco Dance Company. Today, I have joining with me the fabulous Kia J Street and the marvelous Peyton McCarty. Hello. Both of whom <laughs> work at DanceFX Atlanta as the office manager and managing director, respectively. And they also teach a buttload of classes, oh, <laughs> like all the classes. <laughs> so thank you both for being here today. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Is there... I live here now. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you would like to share with our listeners before we get started? Mm. Don't judge us. <laughs> <laughs> we just teachers who ramble, so... And we got lots of feelings, so. Lots of feelings. Yeah. I think my my hope of getting to do this is that people would feel like they're not alone. Yeah. Like, they would hear things and see, oh, wow, like, I went through that, too. Or, you know, that us creatives got to stick together. Yeah, we yeah. do. And you're yeah, not alone. Jackson. Okay. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> We're here for it, though. <laughs> okay, so to begin, how did you guys feel when this initially began? Who would like to start? I honestly did think it was a big deal. And that's so stupid looking back on it because it was a big deal. But I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Because we were still, like, when we first started hearing about it, we were still functioning like normal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, shut it down. It's like, oh. Yeah, I think, the so the first, it kind of felt like an extended snow day for a while. Like... Mm-hmm. I remember when it was a Thursday night and I had a student in my class whose mom is on the Fulton is like works for Fulton County. So she was tuning in to a board meeting about what was going on. So she was updating me during their water breaks and stuff like that. And at the time we were preparing for a show that was supposed to happen the following weekend. And so Once I was getting enough information, oh, this is going to affect us for at least two weeks, I vividly remember sitting, like, calling all of the students who were in the building into, which now seems so interesting because a lot of people were sitting in one room, (laughs) you know, like, um, calling all of them into the room and saying, guys, we're going to have to postpone our show. And, like, watching the kids and their faces change. And, like, looking back into that moment, it was, um, we had no idea what was about to hit us. And it was, like, just felt so, like, one of our students cried because she was playing a lead role in the, in the, in the show. And, um... I mean, several of them, like, just look devastated, but specifically one of our seniors, I know it really hit hard. Um, 
And so I just, I had no idea the weight of the words that I said because I was informing these kids yeah. of the changes that were about to be made in our life. And I didn't really know myself what was going on. Yeah. And it was hard to predict. Like, no one could have fully predicted what it has become. Yeah. Not at all. Um, I mean, we're almost a year now into it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's, it is pretty crazy to think about how at the time... I, I think to your point, it really did feel like a snow day or like an extended snow day or just like something that felt like, oh, this is going to be yeah. a temporary thing. I have emails with our venue that was like, what is your, what does your April calendar look like? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, hey, we'll be in touch in a little while to yeah. figure out how, when we can reschedule this. Yeah. Like we genuinely, and we genuinely thought in May yeah. We would potentially have a show, like, yeah, for a while. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course, like, by the summer. Yeah, by summer. By July, before all of our seniors go off to college, we'll do a sh- we'll do the show. Mm-hmm. And even that seemed, like, far-fetched. <laughs> the show never happened, people. We Spoiler. We had, we had <laughs> yet to do the show. We had, we had to cancel it again because half of our studio was quarantined. Not not half the studio. Just a couple. <laughs> just two companies were. Yeah, yeah. A good number of us. Yeah. Which no one, no one has yet to catch. No. Catch COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has passed it on. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. But still, it's just going. like. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm all the wood in so, what were some challenges that you guys faced working from home? Well, we don't, I mean, we'll send emails from home, but we've never done anything from home to the caliber that we had to, to get to do as a dance studio. Yeah. And somehow, I don't know how, but I ended up becoming the IT person for all three of our locations. Yeah, yeah. And somehow, like, building the initial, like, website, and it ended up becoming more of a collaboration later, but, and then I ended up training all of the staff on how to get on Zoom, how to use the audio, how to use the video, like, different perspectives and sharing sound and using microphones and all of that, and at the time, now it's like, oh, everybody knows how to get on Zoom, but not only did we have to onboard all of our staff, but we had to communicate to parents how to use this program that nobody had ever used. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, like, I was getting, a lot of people were like, what are you doing with all your time in quarantine? And I was getting calls anytime anyone had a class. It was like, hey, my Zoom's not working. Hey, can you call this parent? Hey, can you do this thing? And it was, like, so overwhelming for a while. It felt like sometimes very productive and like I was able to contribute to something in the midst of unknown but it was very at times very overwhelming and I felt like there was no times to rest there was no times to breathe it was just I'm always staring at this technology mm-hmm. and this is my life now <laughs> yeah yeah and I think also, because all three of us live with other people. Yes. So trying to teach 
and not disturb the people in your house or who are also trying to work from who home. are also trying to work from home or like and our our thing is not like the quietest <laughs> no we're profession loud. We're loud as crap. <laughs> or like oh i'm gonna go in my room and i'm gonna lock my door but then my two-year-old nephew's banging on my door because he wants my attention in <laughs> class <laughs> so like that i think that for me that was the hardest part was right trying to find a space in my house that was quiet enough for me to teach and not disturb people and to have like alone time. Well, and it's not like you could necessarily always close your door and go in your room because as a dance teacher, you need space. Mm -hmm. So we worked out with my roommate and it took us some time to adjust, but uh, we would use the living room and she would use it for workouts around lunchtime. And then I scheduled out certain classes that I could teach from my room and, or my porch and kind of dialogue through. Thankfully it was warm enough for the porch. Um, or I would use this space and, um, we would roll our carpet back and move our coffee table and use kind of the TV area as like our hub for whatever classes we were taking or teaching. Um, but it was definitely because I think the, the hardest part is when I needed to work, my roommate wanted to be in this space that I needed to use for work because it was our common area. So that was always mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. a challenge. Yep. And it's funny now, because I think about it, because we could have just come to the studio and taught from the studio because nobody was here. We eventually figured it we out. We eventually yeah. did. I think for a while, though, weren't we, like, not allowed to drive or something? Because we didn't have one of those... Like the little cars that said that you were essential. Yeah, because my parents mm-hmm. got that because they're realtors, but we're yeah. not technically an essential no business. Eventually, so. we, we got smart. And, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you stay there, I stay here, we can teach from these for free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi was... Because I, I... Adding to that point of living with people... I was really fortunate I was staying with a couple of friends in South Georgia. If I had stayed in my apartment in Atlanta, it would have been a very, very difficult situation. But (laughs) I was in South Georgia, and my friend had a back patio, a screened-in porch. Mm -hmm. And so I taught all of my classes from there. Yeah, that's what it looks like now in the background. (laughs) So I I would teach there as a means to... One, not interfere with their workspace mm. with me talking like, all right, kids, let's go, five, six, seven, eight, while they're <laughs> trying to, you know, work and have their meetings. And it also gave me a space of separation where this is where I work and this is where I play. Yeah, um, that's good. Because when I was in Atlanta in my apartment, my apartment was so small that even just like, I mean, like, it, it's basically like, you're either in my bedroom or you're in my living room. Like that was that was it. Yeah. Um, so there didn't feel to be as much a separation of work and home. So I realized again I was in a very very privileged position where where I was staying, I had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, but that that made a big difference in helping me to associate when I was clocked in versus when I. Mm-hmm. wasn't right yeah. yeah so tell me about your experience <laughs> already shaking her head how has <laughs> teaching online been for you both 
I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I still hate it. Because now we have people who still won't come in person, but it's fine. Be safe. I hate... I hate it. <laughs> it depends on the day. I think sometimes I'm okay with it. And sometimes... Like, because I feel like it provides more opportunity for people. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just exhausting to have to worry about so much at once. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I already get distracted, like, pretty easily. And so I feel like it's hard to be consistent to mm-hmm. both groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the classes that are better are the ones that have more kids in them. But it's when you get one or two and that's it online, mm-hmm. and then a full class, that it's harder for me. But um, but it's, yeah, like I said, at the same time, it's interesting to, um, it's interesting to, to continue to build relationships with people that, like, it's one weird that, the people that are online and have been online since last year that we have not seen them in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we have some really consistent families and adults that we literally have not seen them in person for an entire year, which is yeah. so insane to me. And I, like, I think my go-to like normal thing is if somebody like when one of our friends came in after like months and months and months of not being here, I was like, <gasps> You're real. It's you in the flesh. Like this is real life. Is this real life? <laughs> but man, though that first day of cause I taught, I think I taught one of the first classes from our studio online, and it was with pre-K. I did a pre-K class and I did a musical theater class. Yep. And at the time, we hadn't figured out that Zoom suppresses the background noise. So anytime I stepped away from the camera, they couldn't hear me for the entire class. And we finally figured it out. Like I did some research and we figured out, okay, you have to turn this setting off and all of that. But it, I just like, it was so frustrating because it was like, well, why can't they hear me? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was a whole interesting thing. Um, I think my favorite thing about it was learning more about the families because we were, we would sit and just like at that point, nobody had really left the house. And so we were sitting there like talk, just they, these kids were so chatty. They had so much to say <laughs> so much like, and gosh, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to be a kid during all of this. But like, I just remember I was sitting there, I had one kid talking and I had changed it to this back to the setting. I had it on like gallery mode with all the different squares, Brady Bunch style. And then had, um, went it to speaker mode so I could see the person talking a little bit better. And one kid was talking and then all of a sudden I hear this sound and then it switches over and this little four-year-old had picked up her giant cat and like walked to the camera and was like, Miss Peyton, look at my cat. And I just, like, now it's, like, completely normal to, like, take a tour of your house. Here's my cat. Here's my karaoke machine. Here's my (laughs) costume I just bought. My sister's right here. She's dancing, too. Like, all these, like, you know, it's, like, a pretty normal thing for our at-home groups. But, like, 
at that time, it was just, like, the funniest. And that was, like, the visual that would just, like, get me through all of it. It was, like, Scarlet and her cat. Look at my cat. I don't know why. Like, the simplest thing that just, like, okay, like, we're doing something here. Oh, my. But I think the other thing that was the worst, because we're so used to being the space where a lot of our kids give us information before their parents get it. Like, mm-hmm. as far as, like, mm-hmm. this is what's going on at home, at school, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we hear it, and we're there for them. But then now there's this massive disconnect, mm-hmm. and we can do nothing about it. And so that body language, that, like, I think a lot of us feel things when we are with people. Mm-hmm. And that opportunity to get to be a part of our students' lives in that way just like tore my heart apart I I like spent so much time just like feeling so heavy and probably crying and Mm -hmm. all those things just like not sure how to 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 walk with these students during this process that was so heavy and so hard for them as well yeah and 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 we would try to connect with our students but Everybody knows now. Any sort of group Zoom situation, nobody's saying anything. It's like, ask a question, everybody stares at the camera. Mm -hmm. Yep. Nothing. Well, imagine how school's going. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I think now people are just like, okay, well, let's just talk. Like, I think that one time that our teens were all quarantined in December, Mm -hmm. it was better. Like, I mean, it was definitely a little bit back to how it felt. When it first started. When it first yeah. started. Yeah. But it was it was just one of those things, like, as teachers, we were a little bit more mm-hmm. unashamed. Or, like, un- it was like, we were like, all right, we- you can say it sucks if you want to say it sucks. Because we, we yeah. meant to. Yeah. We like, like, you know what I mean? Like, and then I remember one of our students was like, it sucks. And I was like, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> the word. Well, you hate it. <laughs> you can express yourselves. But initially, I think that was what made it for me so hard. Yeah. Was because I couldn't connect to the people that I cared about so Mm -hmm. deeply and the reason that's the reason why I do what I do is because of those relationships and because of those students yeah and it just felt like so it's 1245 so um I don't understand our friend is talking to us thanks google home words to us now in case anyone needs to We love technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So that was a really hard, yeah, hard season to go through. And it felt like it never ended. Yeah. Because we're still doing it. It's mm. still happening. It's yes. not over. Oh, oh, it's not over. It's not over. I really don't like teaching online. Just to throw it out there. I do it because I have to. Right. And I don't complain because I have no choice. Right. But I hate it. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I like that people can still take class. Right. Mm-hmm. But why I got to teach it, though? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think the, what has been nice, though, is I think that the students are used to it now, now too. Mm-hmm. And so they, like, especially, because you always wonder, like, or I wondered going into this when we started the hybrid idea, 
of having our classes be hybrid, so online and in person, what would that, as far as kids go, would they feel more alienated Mm -hmm. because they were online? And, like, would it be harder for families to try to justify this is why we're staying home and this is why your friends are not? Because that's really hard to understand. And now it's just like, oh, hey, so-and-so. How you doing? And, like, Mm -hmm. like, even to the point where, like, one of my elementary students who's, I think, just turned six, um, is, like, brought a valentine for one of the online kids. Mm-hmm. So it, it could just beca- it become, like, a, this is how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, one of my, my kids look for the people. Like, if I pull up my Zoom, they don't mm-hmm. see all the faces. Where in so-and-so? Why is so-and-so not on Zoom yet? Where are they? Like, they yeah. know, like, these are my Zoom friends. Right. Yeah. And they should be in class right now, so what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I think kids are, I think, you know, one, it's hard to be a kid, I'm sure, during this time. But two, kids are way more adaptable than we give them credit for. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Absolutely. Way more adaptable. Oh, my gosh. Yes. These parents, we'll talk about that with the next question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will say teaching hybrid has has had a lot of challenges. I I think through each phase of this process, there have been different pros and cons as far as acclimating to technological advances and what Mm -hmm. what we've been able to do. Because when we were all online, there were some pros then that I don't have now like because we were all online it was like collective yeah collectively like we all only have so much space to move and Mm -hmm. so you know be mindful but now when you have hybrid you're trying to cater to people who have a studio space and people who have their living room space and you want to captivate and hold everyone's attention and I think I'm also very grateful that we, we've we had so many people who have stuck with us through yes, this time. Yeah. Like, we've had such a strong mm-hmm. community yeah. to help keep our doors open. And so I want, I really, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself even more now than I did previously as a mm-hmm. teacher to make sure that they truly have a good still time in class. Yeah, still, still feel connected, yeah. that this is a form of escapism for them. Even for people who are online, taking it from home, like, so I think, yeah, I think that that's, that's been an added stress, um, for me teaching Mm -hmm. hybrid because when we were all online, it was a collective thing, but then a con that came with that eventually was, I felt like I wasn't challenging them enough with material because we weren't doing leaps and we weren't doing crazy turns because we were so limited. Yeah. So, and now we have the space, except for the people who are still online, but like you guys have mentioned, everyone has adapted so well, and they, our students at least, have been very patient throughout this process. So, they've been amazing. students, emphasis on students (laughs) have been patient. We've had lots of adaptable parents. We have, we have, we we have, yes. and I feel like we're really lucky. <laughs> yes, we are. We've had that many parents that are like, okay, we're doing this That now. are like you, yes. Mm-hmm. And I I have a story about that later. But um, one other thing that I wanted to share, too, that was 
really a special moment was I had this one, I had several companies that were, whether because of technical issues or just things in their life going on that didn't necessarily stay consistent through when we were online, but I had one company that was incredibly consistent. Every week, it was like if one person was missing, it was like, where are they? Let me text them. Let me text their parents. And we learned an entire dance on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And that first day that we came back and they did their little trolls dance, Mm -hmm. I almost like wept openly because it was so incredible with the exception of just a few little nuances they really learned the entire dance online yeah. <laughs> and it was so cute. And it's like one of their favorite dances. And anytime I'm like, let's run the trolls dance. They're like, oh, I love this dance still. And they started it almost a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, and these yeah. are, these are little kids. Like they're like, yeah, they're like eight. eight. Well, yeah. they were, you know, seven. Cause yeah. It was a year ago. Yeah. Cause it was a year ago. But like, these are our younger they students. They were mini company yeah. at the time. Yeah. And so it just is so, and then, and then like the day that they performed, it was also like a moment mm-hmm. for me because it was like, Oh, yeah. you get to perform. Look at you guys in your <laughs> ridiculous fluorescent seven scrunchies in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. But yeah, that was really, that, that was a moment of like, okay, this online thing it's not we're not just like throwing things up against well sometimes I feel like that throwing things up <laughs> against the wall and see what sticks but like there are things that actually do yeah yeah do stick and do happen like yeah we are contributing to society in some point some we way. are we are contributing to society <laughs> okay <laughs> Dance teachers who don't teach in schools are just as important people. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> okay? We're essential workers, too. Tell us how you really feel, cute. Yeah. We, want, we want the vaccine with everybody else. Okay? Like, we ain't just nobodies. We doing the damn thing. So, moving on to the wonderful topic of masks. Da-da-da-da! <laughs> <laughs> how... Do you both feel teaching and dancing in masks and, I mean, I, I, sorry, my initial reaction is to just be a little eye roll inducing when I think about people who bitched about wearing a mask to the grocery store. Oh yeah, for sure. And we're out here dancing. Dancing. Full on dancing. Full on dancing. Full on teaching. For hours For hours at a time. I just remember at the staff meeting, we were going over our policy of reopening, and it was like, and everyone needs to be in a mask, and I just go, but what about breathing? (laughs) (laughs) And I genuinely was just like, what? Yeah, (laughs) it was such a foreign concept at the time. It was a foreign concept. What about breathing? (laughs) This is, this is not a reality now. Okay. Like, what? We did it, though. We're still doing it. We're still doing it. Still, I keep saying did, but it's, it's still a thing. Yeah, but at that point, it was a bigger hurdle to jump over. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. this let me went from, like, two weeks before. Yeah. A day before being in a room with 20 people, and they're like, oh, now you cannot do that. And if you choose to do that, put on a mask. What? 
And now it's interesting because it's like I find out, like, I had a friend that told me that she thinks her husband had COVID in December before all of this. And, like, there were... All those flat or a lot of those Yeah. Days, and know? so it's just interesting. It's like, okay, now that the entire world has woken up to the fact that there's a global pandemic, we're going to wear masks as if in a 24 hours things just completely... Yeah. Which they did, but it was just an interesting adjustment. And now it's weird, like... I watch, like, TV shows, and there's lots of people, and they're not wearing a mask, and I get confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, my mind immediately goes to, when was this filmed? Like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is everyone healthy? Is everyone okay? Yeah. <laughs> Did we all follow guidelines? <laughs> but... I get nervous. Normal. Yeah. Um, I also, around that time, there were a lot of... When we were having to process wearing a mask, there were a lot of other things going on in our world, too we were getting ready, ready to process through. So this is my like little journal entry. It was Jesus. I'm so overwhelmed. Dance effects is not doing well. And I have a lot of anxiety about teaching in a mask. Riots are happening all over the country because a police officer killed a man who was being, who was being compliant. And he basically choked him to death. Cities are being burned and destroyed. The number of deaths to COVID is over a hundred thousand in our country. Yep. Yeah. But, like, that was, that's, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, what the news was like. But at that time, this was the world processing that our reality is a movie, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, our reality does not seem real. And how could it be real? Yeah. It was. Is this real life? Yeah. It was a lot at once. And I think going back to what you talked about earlier, trying to be there for your students, mm-hmm. I remember around that time, I had a, uh, a, it was over Zoom, of course, but a class where I just said to them, I'm going to open the floor if you guys want to talk. And if you don't want to talk, that's fine too. We, we definitely don't have to. But I, I want you guys to know that I want to check in on y'all and I care about y'all. And it took everything I had in me not to cry during that class, just to hear them talk about, like, I want to cry now just thinking about it. It just was so emotional because you want to be there for your students. And as a teacher and as a mentor, sometimes they look to you for answers. And that was a time where I had to basically tell them, like, I'm so sorry, I just don't have them. And it was very heartbreaking. It was a very, very difficult class. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to cry in front of them either because I didn't want them to see me totally, like, lose my mind. Like, right. crying is okay, but I, I was, it was a very, very emotional class. And so that's why every every now and then I still just make sure that I, I check in with them and open the floor for if they need to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, while also not pressuring them to to share how they're doing if they're not comfortable but yeah that was I mean all of this has been very emotional but that summer a lot of things hit a lot of things happened everything came out Mm -hmm. and I think in our community we did have a a lot of students that we care really deeply for that um made adjustments in their life and and are no longer taking class from us and that that still Mm -hmm. has a little bit of a like I still Mm -hmm. have a void there in how I feel and still think about them often 
and I just, um, it feels like, you know, there was some grief that had to happen there too. Um, because I really still care deeply. And if they walked in the door yeah. today, I would ask permission, but want to hug them <laughs> <laughs> and know about their life and their world. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I think the, I guess to, to, to circle back to, to all of this, even though wearing a mask was, was, um, was really a challenge, a hurdle to a mental hurdle to jump over Mm -hmm. and process through. Once we got back into the studio, it was so, it was, we really appreciated the little things Mm -hmm. and it was really special for those who were still around to get to, to do life again together. And that barrier that seemed like such a huge mental hurdle, you know, dancing in boxes, wearing a mask Mm -hmm. was that like little sacrifice was worth it to be able to connect with people in person again. And it was so like watching the adults, the kids, I've never had groups more social than I've ever had when they first started (laughs) coming back. And finally, like we started doing our mask breaks where we would let them go outside and take their mask off and spread out. And that was like therapy Mm-hmm. for our students because it was like this was the main social interaction that they had. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think that even though that hurdle was there and it sucks and it still sucks mm-hmm. and br- what about breathing is still a question it's that still, I have sometimes. It's still a question. What? It, I'd rather do that and continue right to have real life right. community than have to connect through a computer screen all the time. Exactly. Somebody else was like, I think it was Melissa. Hey, Melissa. She was, um, <laughs> she was like, if I have to wear a mask to go see my friends or to hang out or to do whatever, I'm going to put my mask on. Right. Like, I'm not going to sit in my house. I'm not going to not talk to the people I love. I'm going to put on my mask and I'm going to do the things that I need to do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's uh, kind of where I'm at with all of it. Mm-hmm. I got to do what I got to do. Right. I don't like that I, we have to wear masks. I don't like that we have children in boxes. Yeah. I don't like that they can't come hug me when they want to. Like, I don't, but I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's fine. Because I get to see them at least, you know? Right. Yeah. I get to do elbow high fives. <laughs> and I think that in a place that already values family and community um, and... I know our hearts are to foster a safe space for people. Mm-hmm. It that escalated even more once we didn't like when we didn't have that. Then once we had it again, I feel like it. Like some of the conversations we've had and the things that we've processed with people have been really heavy and really hard. And mm-hmm. I'm grateful to be a part of that journey with people. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's a privilege, and I think even more not that we didn't see it as a privilege before but even more so see it as a privilege to get to partner with people because there were what was a time when we didn't have that opportunity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what are some things that you as teachers want other people to know whether that's students or parents 
just people outside of your job description, what would you like for them to know that they may not see? <laughs> you are welcome to share. Oh, here I go. <laughs> I think one, because I decided in high school that I was going to pursue a career in dance, I knew it was not going to get the respect already. Like, Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to happen. I knew, like, when somebody told my mom, oh, you're going to let her major in dance? Mm-hmm. Like, I already knew. So, like, I'm prepared for people to just not fully understand what I do or, like, what we do because we work hard um, and to respect what we do. But, like, I don't know. I guess maybe maybe it happened after I, like, got this job. I was like, people really don't understand that we work hard in here. Yeah. Like, we're teaching your kids things all like all the time, all the time, and I like also just like teachers in general. I've learned through this COVID that teachers in general don't get enough respect at all. Because whether you're teaching in school or a studio or like wherever you're teaching at, you had to adapt. You had to learn how to teach online you had to learn how to do lesson plan you like all these things like had to change and parents expect you to know the fuck you were doing Mm -hmm. yeah and we were not allowed to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and i'm like we're learning too we don't know what's happening sorry my wi-fi is being stupid not my fault Mm -hmm. sorry your kids in la la land why are you not sitting next to them they're three like the respect man and I think the like instant gratification of like it should be just like the class should be just like it is online you know in person person. Mm -hmm. and since it's not I'm leaving like and I think that was really hard (laughs) because like you can't set your expectations that way but also like we'll be back when this is over it's like well we may not be here so right because you you just have to leave yeah because our clientele is like we're our numbers are still way down and it's mm-hmm. people don't understand that like and some some do some do yeah but um I also I don't know I it's overwhelming sometimes mm-hmm. and teaching over 20 classes a week so that we can keep these doors open and then having to do office hours on top of that is mm-hmm. exhausting and it's like we're running at the pace of what we thought was going to last two weeks and it is it weren't it's now almost a year so we're running at this pace that's not meant to be it's supposed to be a sprint and we've been sprinting for an entire right. year yeah and my body's just physically yeah exhausted like um my my shoulder I'm having shoulder issues again from a surgery I had in 2016 and it's uh just mentally there's some days where I just cannot make my body move to get up and it's and it's hard um and I know that every I know I know that I'm really fortunate in my situation and I still have a job and I'm still Mm -hmm. all of that and I know that other people have their their things that they're dealing with and their parents that are having to be from home for three different kids and three different grades and three different schools and mm-hmm. that's a lot too 
But I think it's really hard when everybody's kind of focused on their on their thing that yeah. they forget that our thing is a thing too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of people are like, oh, this isn't essential, this isn't, you know, we can't like the reality is there are more kids than I've ever seen that are struggling with anxiety, mm-hmm. that are struggling with who knows what, um, coming through these doors and this is their this is their place. Yeah. This is their refuge. Mm-hmm. This is where they are able to be somewhere that's not in front of a computer screen mm-hmm. and um, to carry that if I'm not careful and if I don't release it and like create space for me to rest and have peace like in, you know saturate my mind and all of that like it um, it's really easy to want to carry that and feel like I have to like have to be the unloading zone for everyone mm-hmm. and um, while also like preparing for a, a hopefully good curriculum <laughs> for all of my 20 <laughs> classes and also like market so that we can keep our doors open since, right. you know, our clientele is still so, so way down the one it normally would be at this time of year. And so, um, but I think that, and then also trying to figure out how to keep something that's based on checkpoints of like, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to work towards this event. We're going to work towards yeah. this thing and keep people moving and work like, um, I heard this from my high school course teacher that it was like, um, like where she's having, and this I think is a good, a good generalization of what kind of across the board of like, uh, some of her students were just really down and really disappointed. And she was like, and, and she's like, well, what's going on? Like, how can I, she said, we just don't have anything to work towards. And mm-hmm. so trying to fabricate that and, and give these kids who don't have their normal, you know, school dances and like all these things, something mm-hmm. to look forward to yeah. can be, can be a huge challenge. And then in, in December, we created that opportunity for them to have something to look forward to. And then all of our teens didn't get to do it because they had to be quarantined for 14 days. And while we were running a show, they were stuck at their houses and it was just so crushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hard. And those kids love being on stage. And so to not get to provide that for them still, and they had to tell me a couple weeks ago, I was like, well, how are you guys feeling about this, that you missed this? They're like, we're okay, Miss Peyton. And I was like, okay. 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 Oh, <laughs> like, all right, we're good. You know, like, we're, we're okay. We're going to be okay. I was like, all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, we're doing the best we can. I think that that's the, the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing the best that we can and we are probably doing more than we need to sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, to try to create a theoretical thing that needs, you know, needs to happen. But, um, and we've had like some good response from parents when I've been mm-hmm. transparent. There's was a point when all of that went down in December where I got on a zoom call with a bunch of parents oh, yeah. and explained the situation and honestly was getting on to be like, Hey, 
like, I don't have all the answers, but this is what I know. And every single parent that was there on that meeting was just so supportive. Like, thank you for keeping our kids safe. Mm -hmm. And if we have to keep rescheduling Mm -hmm. this show, you know, for months, we'll do it because literally we'll come to the studio. We'll do like, yeah, that was because I grow up all the time. That's my favorite pastime. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a complainer. Um, but like, that, because I just, I mean, I was on that Zoom call, and I just sat there and listened, and I was like... I was trying not to cry. Because <laughs> they were just, they were just thankful. Yeah. yeah. They weren't mad that we had to redo things and reschedule things and change times and change... Right. Like, they were just like, thanks for keeping us safe and for giving our kids this opportunity. And I was yeah. just like, why can't all the parents be like this <laughs> all the time? Because I think that there are a lot of parents that expect a lot and expect everything to be perfect on day one mm-hmm. for their kid and it's really hard when there's not like any sort of level of there's not there's not patience there's, there's not no patience mm-hmm. there's no grace there's no any of the fruits of the spirit there is no <laughs> <laughs> there was like it's not it's none of that they're like oh but this is your job so figure it out well, I'm confused, too. Like, I haven't been in a pandemic either. Like, My favorite line was, clearly you weren't prepared for a pandemic. <laughs> well, well, were you? Because if you were, then I would really have loved to know more information. Yeah, if you were prepared help. for a pandemic. We would have hired you. Something. Like, if you were prepared, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> and I had one parent that was like, well, yeah, I mean, we expected that. Before, that this was going to happen. As far as, like, December goes. And I was like... Well, our numbers were lower than they were for anything. How was I, you know, I could have, now in hindsight, yeah, Thanksgiving break was terrible for any sort of for December, everything. everything. Yeah. But, like, I didn't, like realize, back here. <laughs> I didn't realize the level of, of intent, like, how much it would have affected us. Because we right. had very little cases and our track record was going great. Yeah. And then Thanksgiving hit and it was, like, yeah. Right. Like yeah. popcorn. Go away. There was a meme that went around for a little while that was like the Jonas Brothers had the audacity to go to the year three thousand and not come back. And, and not come back and tell us what happened. <laughs> That's what I think about when you tell me about that person who was like, "It sounds like you just weren't prepared for they a pandemic." On, they I'm were like, on the, the same Jonas Brothers didn't the tell Jonas us. Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. Like, what in the world? But yeah, it's that those kind of things just really really baffled me and then also like the the parents that don't encourage their kids to keep trying they're like oh you're done okay let's go oh it's fine I think that's that's also really hard too because it's like this is an opportunity for your kids to have something consistent yeah in your life when nothing's consistent a new new skill right Mm -hmm. but there's so much like I think this is another thing as far as like that I want uh, like parents and people that don't have this job that like this is a huge part, and this is coming from, here's my child and family development degree degree coming out, but, like, dance and all of the skills learned in dance, not just, like, how to do a plie, um, but are a huge part of development for mm-hmm. kids. Like, social skills, and, yeah. and a lot of, I had a conversation with a, a school teacher that a lot of the kids, because of the amount of time they were quarantined, socially they are at the level of they're like behind yeah and so when we 
you know, coming back in August, we had to look at our classes as if we were about six months behind mm-hmm. as far as curriculum, all of that, because really, because dance is such a huge part of their social development, of their ind- younger age, of their independence, of their... So I really feel like having dance is such a huge part of those kids, um, of the foundations that yeah. these kids need to develop in order to be a functioning member of society. And I saw a lot more like clingy younger kids to their parents and a lot more like the that feeling of independence that you want to develop at the as a preschooler yeah. wasn't there. Wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and so that was really... Um, and then all the way up, like the different levels of things that, that kids need to develop at their, at their particular age group, that that is, um, dance provides a vital role in developing that for people. And not only that, but establishing a creative voice, an outlet for them to like release stress, anxiety. It's Mm -hmm. essentially, it's a type of therapy. And when the kids who are used to it have that, don't have access to that if they're used to it and they then have that void, that's like a huge drop. Like they're on the, like on this high or, you know, not on this high, but have a stability, a a stability that it provides that then they, they drop away. Yeah. I don't know. I appreciate the parents and I understand that they also have their own things too, but like, oh, so do we. Right. So we need to give each other grace and give yeah. each other like that time to adjust. Mm-hmm. And I feel I feel like for some parents it's the it's a one way. Mm-hmm. For like we're giving them all the grace in the world and they're giving us none. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, some parents who are like Because it's a transactional thing, like we're fine. paying you for this service. <laughs> right. So you have to do everything perfect. Right. It's like I'm a human first. But it's actually like we're investing in your kid. Yeah. And we yeah. care deeply and what want the best for them yeah but we don't know how to do everything <laughs> we don't because we're human i'm a human first teacher second right so yeah yeah well thank you both so very much for being here thank you for taking the time to do this with me i greatly appreciate you both thanks for having us this was fun y'all are wonderful <laughs> I love you, Meredith. I, I told y'all I'd be back. Off the beat. <laughs> off the beat with Matko. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And yeah, we'll have another episode for y'all soon, so stay tuned. <laughs>